everybody. Welcome to Too Busy to Flush. I'm JR. And I'm Molly. <laughs> are you are you doing making right fun before? of you? <clears throat> Sorry. Is, should I say it a different way? No, you, JR was just making fun of radio talk personalities. Everybody, welcome yeah. to Lithia Volkswagen. We're running a big special today, so uh, get on down here and check it out and get a free bookmark. Johnny here is going to tell you about the latest deals. Yeah, I was doing that, but I didn't mean to enter the show like that, though. Oh, well, you you did. You always read with way more drama than I do. We had a discussion on our Telegram about, did you see the, the meme that I posted, or whatever, the quote, where in every relationship there's always somebody who tells the stories yes. with all the details mm-hmm. and the other person who's like no and nobody neither of them likes how the other one tells the story mm-hmm. yeah it, how we talk is similar you're like yeah major major mr drama yeah and even I don't really... in what reading our kids catechism lesson you make it so dramatic and they listen they do listen it's fun um anyway If this is your first time joining us, thank you for being here. Uh, We're a married couple with four small kids. Well, medium kids? Medium-sized, maybe? I think we've got a medium-sized kid now. Um, He would like to be considered large. 11 through toddler. Preschool. Preschool. She's not a toddler anymore. Oh. She's three. That's preschool. Wow, she's in preschool? What a goofball. Okay, so one boy, three girls. Speaking of preschool, I... I don't know if I've ever told you guys. I'm sure some of you with young kids are familiar with the Art for Kids Hub YouTube channel. Faith does Art for Kids Hub, and she says it really funny and really fast. Off of my iPad at the dining room table almost every single day, and they have a whole preschool playlist that she knows how to run herself, and she always starts with a turtle, which is a turtle. And it's to the point where she'll ask if she can do art for Kids Hub. And the kids and I kind of troll her, but just because it's so cute. Mm -hmm. What what do you want to draw first, Faith? And she laughs, a turtle, of course. So I'm trying to keep a collection of her turtles. We gave one away to my buddy Rob. Well, Addie's husband, Rob, turned 44 and he threw himself an impromptu party, self-hosted party by having myself and my buddy Ty over to um, have chicken nuggets and hot sauces, which was super fun. Now, what I didn't expect, we're going we're gonna to divert. So briefly, before I continue the story, if you're joining us for the first time, we don't rehearse anything and don't plan anything out. So that's where the conversation goes. Typically, it's something Molly's been musing on. So what I didn't realize about nuggets, back to chicken nuggets, I'm expecting McDonald's chicken nuggets Not super crispy, kind of like, eh, uh, dipped in, you know, various hot sauces. And I'm like, okay, this is all right. But then he says he's getting Popeye's chicken nuggets. I've never had Popeye's chicken nuggets. They're awesome. (laughs) (laughs) They are super good. If you're into fast food, I guess. Um, And since it's uh, eight, seven o'clock at night instead of in the middle of the day, I'm drinking my favorite... One of my favorite cocktails, if you guys, those of you that imbibe, um, I call it a white trash martini. So there was a book written in the early 60s by a guy named Bernard DeVoto, and it's called The Hour, a cocktail manifesto. And what he does is he celebrates the cocktail. It's kind of a, a, uh, what do you call something in, in like bartender lore? It's kind of one of those books. It's like a bartender lore book. Anyway, his perfect cocktail is a gin martini. No more than two shots of gin. No more, no less than a full shot of uh, vermouth. Never go more than a full shot of dry vermouth. A shot of vermouth? Mm-hmm. Wow. And only go a little bit less. And then a couple drops of fresh lemon, fresh squeezed lemon. That's his perfect cocktail and you can make it by the apparently in the 60s they made it by the pitcher never done that before so, <laughs> a lot of, and then a lot of had a lot of people over so anyway i have the white trash version because um his recipe is shaken in a cooled shaker served appropriately in a chilled martini glass i dump mine all into a tumbler 
and then stir it with the bottom of my shot glass that I just used to pour because I don't want to get out a spoon and then add ice and squirt some little lemon over the top. And that's it. That's why I call it a white trash martini. <laughs> so that's what I'm drinking right now. Good enough. And I'm it's drinking delicious. tea. I had a massage this afternoon and she said, I worked a lot of things loose for you. So you need to stay well hydrated or you're going to feel sick. Okay. So I'm trying to stay hydrated. And thus, I'm drinking tea. Yeah, I woke up two nights ago, two mornings ago, like, congested, which is super weird. Like, I don't have, like, a traditional cold. It's just I'm plugged up again. Hmm. Kind of like when I was having dairy allergies, but I haven't really had any dairy, so. Speaking of food, though, our son Titus, who is 11, is upstairs right now making his cookie, which is from... He's going to bring us a piece halfway through the show, isn't he? I don't think so. Oh, you can try him. calling him or texting I him. Text him. Uh, it should be out by now, actually. Okay. This is the I'm first time. Right so remember, you guys, gizmo. I'm I'm attempting to train him. In fact, oh, today he goes. On this. Today he goes. Cooking is something. As as he's mixing this cookie up that he's yeah, now made three times in his life, mm-hmm. he goes. I'm good at this. Cooking's a hobby for me. And I was like, I'm not going to correct you because I love where you're going with this. I like. Just leave it alone. I love. He literally, you guys, I, we have three recipes that he's getting decent at. My goal is for him to have a whole repertoire by the time he leaves the house of an, an actual folder binder of printed out recipes, but I want him to know most of them so well that he doesn't even have to pull out his binder. And the great thing about this one, Kim made a version of this that she found on another website on This Pilgrim Life uh, the other day and posted a picture of it in a cast iron skillet, which is taking it to another level. I've had, I've cooked things like cookies so much when I was his age, I went through a chocolate chip, and I, I, it was memorized. Yeah. So I think he's, he's, he's getting close to having memorized. This one is smashed into a 12 inch circle on parchment paper, but this was the first time I very deliberately said, I'm, I'm not going to read the recipe for you. You have to read it yourself. And so he had a little bit of confusion when it said one space one slash two he was like 11 and a half cups of flour (laughs) no 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 no. that would be one and a half cups but it says one one slash two read it again we're not used to doing fractions (laughs) like that but he and then the other thing is i said you have to do all of the oven stuff yourself and i've never had him pull a hot pan out of the oven before but i said make sure to use your your oven mitts, I'm going to be downstairs. Good luck. So we'll see how our son... Well, I just texted him, bring mom and I some cookies. So that, first of all, presumes his watch is on his wrist or nearby. It, I don't think it is. Huh. You could text well, Lily too, shoot. on her watch. <clears throat> so anyway, that's, that's exciting. You guys might get an update on that. I also, in speaking of food, made a... I I bought for a small group dinner last week or two weeks ago? Last week. A know. bag of potato chips, and I don't normally buy potato chips. I love potato chips, you guys. I know. That's why I don't normally buy them. I love them, too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a bag every day now. And so... I them around in the garage. They're terrible for you. In the van. So I... Bag. JR pulled the leftover potato chips out and had them on the counter, what, two days ago? Probably. And I just... When I was in college... I was part of a sorority and I lived in the sorority house and the fridge was always stocked with a couple of late night snacking staples, French onion dip, potato chips, not in the fridge. And then we always had chopped tomatoes and shredded cheese. And so we would make nachos in the middle of the night and just put chopped tomatoes on top of them instead of salsa. And we would have potato chips and French onion dip. And looking at those potato chips, I got this sudden craving for French onion dip. And I looked up a couple of recipes and cobbled together what I thought would be good from a couple of them using some sour cream and some Greek yogurt that I had on hand. And I had Lily try it today and she was like, this is amazing. And it wasn't even that good. Oh, there we go. He's setting them down. Yeah, no. You you, put, oh, come no, here, no, he come put it down here. so he could open the door. Oh, I thought you dropped them on the floor. Wow, you guys, we are getting a giant yes. cookie <clears throat> delivery. They were the two biggest ones. 
Oh, oh buddy. Tito, these are huge. Thank hey, you. What's your favorite part about making this cookie? Uh, I don't know. How did Eating the it. How did the oven Eating part it? go? Okay. Fine. It went fine. Did you yeah. turn it off? I think so. Did you turn the timer off? Did you guys eat the rest of the cookie already? No. Oh. Good job, buddy. I'm really proud of you. This looks fantastic. Nice work. Oh, no, it is fantastic. Mm. I'm going to chew all gross and stuff on the show. That's so gross. I'm not going to eat this right now because... It's crispy on the outside and chewy in the middle, you guys. It's... it's, I know I've said... got some on my mustache. I know I've said this before, but it's such a brilliant recipe because it doesn't... Here, take a picture of this so we can post it on our Telegram. It doesn't require room temperature butter. It... You melt the butter, and here, look at me and smile. <laughs> you melt the, the you I melt the butter. Wax, I gave her a wax smile, you guys. Also, the the Bangladeshi guy behind you is staring over your shoulder, wanting some cookie too. <laughs> <laughs> the way the lights are in this that's picture. That's awesome. The that's what I was laughing at. You melt the butter, and then it doesn't require a mixer because you're not creaming butter and sugar together. So it's very easy. You could make it anywhere that you have an oven. You don't re- need any, literally any special equipment. So that's what's great about teaching it to Titus, and it's super fast to whip together when the kids have eaten a great dinner. Oh, I found it. You found what? You dropped a chocolate chip? Oh, I dropped a piece, and I didn't want to waste any little bit of it. Ah, uh, so I have another oh, interesting. So you just keep talking. Actually, two interesting things about food. One is just now on Instagram, or a few minutes ago, I read this post, and I couldn't resist commenting on it. This guy from this one I follow called the Funny Introvert. He reposted somebody. Who says, when a family member dies and people make empty gestures of consolation, like, let me know if there's anything I can do, you should actually pick them up on that offer. Like, okay, can you pick up an egg McMuffin and bring it to my house and a medium coffee, two creams, no sugar? And reading that, I was like... That's awesome. Well, this guy means it to be super snarky. Like, who would actually do that for you? And it's Oh, I would. Well, that's the thing. Is it's... He's saying it as... Saying, is there anything I can do for you? Feel is an empty gesture. They don't actually make, want to, make somebody feel bad by making them go do something. An outlandish them. request because you know that they don't actually mean it. Mm-hmm. And I'm I read that and I was like, um, you know what? I have had people do things like that for me when I've had morning sickness. Not just you. And for you, it was self-interested. I'm really craving a cinnamon roll right now. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I should no, probably no, like go this. get cinnamon rolls. Molly once told the story this way. She was once sitting... So we worked for a couple of years when we were first married and dating. We worked in the same on the same floor of an office building. She worked on one side. I worked on the other. And her, her she was right above the parking lot. And I would get a text or something like, oh, I'm really craving a, a caramel roll or something like that. And then nothing. And then she and I had an Audi at the time, which was highly modified. She'd hear my Audi fire up and take off down the street. <laughs> yeah. And I'd come back with two. So that was self-interested. Uh-huh. But I so I posted this on my Instagram stories and I said, I know that this guy meant this to be snarky. Like who would actually, you know, call call them out on their empty gesture. And I said, I I think that you, I mean, in my world, and I think that a lot of us have more friends who would legit do that than we recognize. And secondly, be that person who would drop everything to do that. And Addie, who was a young widow, she was widowed at, I want to say 22 or 23 years old. I can't remember exactly right now. Sorry, Addie. Way too early. I'm not going to do the math in my head right now, but... She she responded and she was like, 100% people would be blessed if you would make such a specific request that they could follow through on and bless you with. So funny, so funny story along those lines. Last week, I was getting some snow tires put on the van. So I had an appointment scheduled on a Wednesday, right after my Wednesday morning Bible study. So we're, I'm headed to my Wednesday morning Bible study. I get to the study and I get a text from my buddy Mike. He was like, Hey, sorry, we can't make it today. His wife, you know, Eileen, his wife, Eileen Sequoia, 
like wouldn't start this morning, so she needed my truck to take all the kids to school. I'm like, oh, that sucks. So we're all like, okay. And then like it hit me about halfway through and I texted him. I was like, hey, I'm going to Costco right after this. You want me to get you a battery? <laughs> he goes, yeah, actually, that'd be awesome. Thanks. So I was already at Costco, so I grabbed a battery for him and drove it over to his house on the way home because he lives nearby mm-hmm. and he threw the new battery in and they swapped out cores and all was well. <laughs> it was pretty rad. That's <laughs> delightful. So, anyway, all that to say, I I think it's sad that this guy, his experience has been empty gestures, or his perception of people is that it's empty gestures. Because in our world, when we have people say, you should come visit us, you guys should know that if you say you should come visit us, we might take you up on it. If oh, it's, yeah. If it's convenient for us, we will camp in your driveway. Yeah. And Uncle Vernon can attest to this. Yes, and Uncle Vernon was like the coolest host on the planet. You know, he even he even lined out a spot for us. He's like, "Go ahead and park your camper right there and use anything here you want." There's some lemon trees and orange trees behind you, and there's some uh, what are those other little uh, kumquat trees? Pick whatever and you blackberry, want. Blackberry, blackberry. Take whatever you want. Bushes. Eat whatever you want. It was like, wow, stay as long as you want. You need a power cable for your pop up, whatever. So that was pretty cool. Um, and when I tell people, hey, I'd love to have you, I'd love to have you come up and hunt or love to have you out this year. Or if you want someplace, you know, come visit us. I totally mean it. It's certainly, definitely not an empty gesture. Mm-hmm. I have a friend in Michigan who told me that she wants to come stand at the Montana border <laughs> where the truckers are blockading the oh border. dude that'd be such a fun trip but she actually now the truckers are doing it in windsor canada which oh. is the the biggest mm-hmm. border crossing yep. uh between the united states and canada so she's yeah. is kind of in her backyard now next week but we should take the van and drive up to the border just because we can we have so much going on next weekend we can't. this is this is important stuff it is you made s- fun of me last weekend when i talked about the person i follow on instagram doing it that's because it was like my, a, my, that was because I was just like turntables have turned. It was like an, eh, this the is just, science this is a has small, changed on it. Like the science no, has changed. There's on. no science. This was a small little thing, but now it's legit. Now it it's real. It, so I want to join. Have you the heard? Real. Have you heard about? I'm sorry, you guys, if you're not on board with the Canadian protest thing. I am. I think it's exciting. I think it's also hilarious. The way that they literally set up bounce houses in downtown because the streets are blockaded off from the trucks and none oh, of the Canadians. none of the tow truck no none of the tow truck companies that the city of Ottawa contracts with will even attempt to tow these tow these trucks out. So also what I did not realize the first weekend it was twenty below. When approximately 500,000, 50,000 trucks or more, and like countless Canadians showed up, 20 below, and they flooded the streets. It's warmed up now to like zero. So now people are bringing their kids out. There's there's bands playing. I mean, everywhere you look, people are. I want to go. People that are like legit. A party. You can't go. You're not vaccinated. People are legit. You, we can go to the border. See, that's the thing. We can go to the border in solidarity. No, it's if I'm you go watch, to the border and like throw open my the back of my. If you and play watch my footage, really if you watch footage, it's it makes me wonder what an American protest that would approximate that. It looked like January sixth. Would look like well, I don't know. I mean, they're the the organizers are very much like you have to stay peaceful. You have to don't even attempt, and but. But seriously, bounce houses for kids. It's hysterical. And people, like a lot of native people are on corners like with drums and singing and people are dancing in circles around them. So the funniest, so now the the truckers were honking so much that it's illegal to honk in Canada (laughs) or in Ottawa. So that's funny. And the, um, the truckers, to stay warm because they're living in their trucks, literally, and it's 20 below, they have to keep their trucks running. And so people are walking jerry cans of gas to, so fill, here's what I was gonna... to fill 50,000 semi-trucks. People are walking... No, 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 no. You have to get this. It's hysterical. So the police have 
targeted people with cans, jerry cans of gas. And so they're being violent about to throw them all They're going to ticket them for something, something, something. I can't remember what exactly what it is. The next day, thousands upon thousands of people showed up with empty cans and just walked around in the streets with empty can- gas cans. <laughs> the videos of it are nuts. I who's, mean, literally... Who's got the can right now? Where's the can of gas? Literally, street after street full of people with red or yellow <clears throat> gas cans in either hand just walking around. Some of them washed them and filled them with water and are drinking out of them. <laughs> <laughs> I just... I mean, th- on a kind of serious note... I just love the ingenuity and the subversion of this. And you you watch mainstream media on it, and it, it's terrifying. It's terrorism. And how dare they shut down the capital city as though it hasn't been shut down by the other side for the last two years. So all of a, all of a sudden, you care about the small businesses. By the way, somebody did point out not a single, not a single store is boarded up. In downtown Ottawa, with all of these terrorist protests going on. Anyway, yeah, I they're just, throwing sales. I, Hot chocolate. It's like Red Lodge during the Christmas stroll. Yeah, it is. Oh, they have fire pits on the street, and literally See, people are walking around handing out free hot drinks. There's they're piling food on the back of various semis. If it, if it weren't them, for politicians, this is what our world could look like. Well, no. So two things. One. Um, is really short. The other is a little bit longer. The first one is it just kind of wants me to... I just want these politicians and these lawmakers to get their heads out of their asses and like listen to the people, okay? Because mm-hmm. obviously they're not. I don't... I don't I, I'm, you and I disagree on this. We've had disagreements about this. I don't think that they're not listening to the people. I think that their motivations are more sinister. Oh, Trudeau's whole... Yeah, which is a problem. That's a problem, too. Mm-hmm. But... Um, the other thing is those little fun fact people, because I have one now, it's a different model, but same concept. What truckers use to keep their trucks running at night, they don't generally leave their trucks running all night. They can, some do, some of the trucks are designed to do, but there are these little diesel heaters that have a little burner in them that run on diesel and that heats up air and that blows the air into the use like next to no no diesel. And it, it 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 comes out of the same mm-hmm. diesel tank. Diesel as tank. Your truck so tank. I have one in our van to heat up a coolant, and the coolant then cycles through, uh, cy- cycles through the system and heats up a hot water exchanger. Wait, you just said coolant. The coolant heats yes. up. Is this like like global warming also causes global cooling? No. <laughs> Why did you say coolant heats things up? Because it's it's a coolant. Like, what you put in your... Is an antifreeze coolant 50-50 mix that you put in your car to uh, moderate your car's engine temperature. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, guess what? You can do the reverse and heat it up because it's really, really stable and cycle it through a system to heat things. So it heats the hot water exchanger. You don't want to put water in there. And then it heats the, because it's not nearly as stable, and then it'll heat the air exchanger, and you could run it through a radiant heated floor or anything so you want to So you can heat up antifreeze. Uh-huh. That's exactly what I'm doing. That's exactly what the system is. And so it cycles huh. into the diesel burner, which is just, you know, blowing flame, heats it up in the diesel burner, and then it comes through the whole system. And I know this, you guys, because I just pulled one apart. I bought this really great system, and like... It totally like it melted the fans and everything else. And uh, anyway, they're giving me a new one. But the guys at the at the place where I sent them photos are like, "Man, we have five thousand units out right now, and we've never seen anything like this." And they're doing these are the systems that are in those really fancy Winnebago Revels Sprinter vans. They're also the systems in those really high end Tiffin motorhomes and a few other things. It's really it's a really really cool system. That sucker. Man, Molly will be living in an 80-degree van in the middle of, like... That sounds uncomfortable. Well, not the summer, but it's going to be awesome in the winter. Ski van. Was that your shorter thing or your longer thing? That was my longer thing. Oh. The shorter one was the was just getting heads out of asses, yeah. Oh, I see. Um, So... 
I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> I can't. I can't segue from Stop that. Stop swearing on the show. I know. I'm Stop sorry. Stop being I'm crass. Struggling to segue that. So, crass. so I have had. We'll right into sex. I've had two live not by lies for the body. Right I've had two live not by lies for the body moments, aha mm-hmm. moments in the last week. Remember when our whole podcast about the with listening to the one where Sean Stevenson interviewed Mark Schatzker on his book, The End of Craving, and all the different ways that our metabolisms have been messed up by additives to food and changing the sweetness and nutritional quality of things because our senses are actively engaged in our metabolism and we are we are such holistic beings. I think scientists have just not even scratched the surface of understanding how integrated our our senses as well as our bodies and souls are. On that note, we were just discussing this morning in my Wednesday morning Bible study, the decrees of God. And then we'd also talked about it in the kids' catechisms, stuff we did around the dinner table. And part of the decrees is God controlling and, and being omniscient and omnipotent and omnipresent and all the things and part of that was the science thing in our bodies we mentioned somebody mentioned uh, mike mentioned this morning during the bible study that you know all of the stuff with the body just all of a sudden starts to work i'm like yeah it's kind of like people who worship science the more they understand the more complex god can make it and it all makes sense it all makes perfect sense so the deeper they go i'm convinced the deeper they go the deeper God will go. Well, God, they I will don't never, think God we will is never... making it more complicated as they go. But right, we used to think that the atom was right. the smallest. No, no like, but the universe. Thing. The farther we see out into the universe, the more there's going to be. Yeah. The deeper yeah. we go into the human body, the more there's going to be. Like, yeah. there's just going to be endless. Because, I don't know, I just, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's just the way God's wired. It wired is. It. And I think that we, we need to respond in awe and worship because of how tremendously well we have to humble ourselves yeah yeah we can't know everything and i won't bring up a conversation on free will but um (laughs) um so so earlier this week maybe the end of last week the gospel coalition posted an article carrying on there's been they've been they've posted I want to say half a dozen articles in the last few months about online worship services. Do churches cut the cable? Do churches keep going? They cut the cable. Well, I, I actually am am very divided in this. Oh, I'm not. Because there, I know of several people in our church who have not come back to church since March of 2020 because they have the option of online worship. Oh, yeah. I also know of several people in our church who because of various health conditions cannot come to church regularly and they loved all of a sudden having the option of being able to be as close to being worship in worship with their church family as they could without with physically not being able to be there and i realize that this is a rare rarer than the people who oh, are I think staying it's, at it's home. a lot more rare. But I I mean, I had a conversation with our friend Lynn fairly early into when we had an online service, and she said, I have been watching another local church's online service for years because my health keeps me home. And she has a lung condition, so she has to stay on oxygen at times. And also being... In an environment with all this, the fragrances and things that people wear to church, it it triggers her lung issues. I'm not sure exactly what her lung issues are, but it triggers her lung issues. And for most of the winter, the very cold weather and whatever else is going on, she stays at home and she doesn't, it's not by choice. She would like to be worshiping at church with us. She watches, she watched up until we had our own online service she watched another local church because she was like, I want to be worshiping with a local body and this is the best I can do. And it's not the same. And so I, I, there are people like that. My, 
I went to seminary with a friend who went to Joel Beakey's church, and some of you guys will know that name. Some of you won't. He's a Reformed. His his denomination is Heritage Netherlands Reformed, and there's literally like 12 churches in the whole denomination. Dutch Reformed, based in Grand Rapids? Somewhere in Michigan. And he's he's a very, very thoughtful, sort of prolific writer and thinker. She went to his church and you had to call in and get an access code in order to, at that point, it was just listening. This was in the early 2000s to get, you would then call in and just listen to the worship service on your phone. And she would do that every now and then from, from Westminster in Philly, just because she missed her home church, but she had to call in and get an access code. She couldn't, see it was... There was accountability, I guess I'm trying to say. You couldn't mm-hmm. just anonymously log in because you didn't feel like it or whatever. That's not a solution that I'd thought about. The one solution that I did think about where I was at odds with pretty much all of uh, my church leadership um, was taking church to the people that can't be there. Meaning, you know, so let's say another another reprise of COVID, right? They shut down everything, you know, be like, well, we're not going to shut down this time. Okay. Um, there are ways to shutter, you know, and I, without shuttering. The church. Yeah. The church building. You have I mean. four, you know, you have three regional home services around the city of Billings. You don't that's need the not, building. That's still not going to help us shut in. No, it's not going to help a shut-in, but the concept remains where you could take the sacraments to the shut-in. They do that, but it's not really realistic to ask them to do that. I mean, Why? our church does communion every week. Are they supposed this is to... What our, this is what our elders and sh- pastors and shepherds are supposed to be doing. I don't think they're supposed to be driving all over town with communion. How many actual shut-ins houses? does the church have? Maybe three? That's know. doable. I don't know. That's doable. You're getting cranky, so I'm going to keep talking. I'm not getting cranky. You are getting cranky. Talk about shutting down church, I'll get cranky. Um, <laughs> so this is this is what I thought was what triggered me in a good way to read and appreciate this article. I mean, was this guy? Now I have to pull it up. I didn't write his name down. He is a Lutheran pastor. I like the I access code option. Find it now. You have to change it every week. Well. Yeah, I'm, I think they did, or they did regularly enough that you couldn't just I mean, the, go certainly the people who don't end up coming to church because it's just easier absolutely need follow-up. That's, 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 a, that's a shepherd right. issue. And that's, that's a separate issue mm-hmm. in some ways. But so, the, so he starts the article. I'm, an, I'm trying to load it because I forgot... Yeah, I didn't, I couldn't pull it up on, I didn't think to pull it up on here. He's a Lutheran guy. He just published a book called Redeeming Technology. That's how I should find his name, by looking it up on Amazon, and then I'll send JR the link. But I'll look it up after I finish talking, because I'm having trouble doing both at once. So he wrote a book called Redeeming Technology, in it, and he partnered with a guy who's an expert in the science of the senses. And he says what, what... The online church debate is missing is the fact that we are holistic beings and all of our senses are part of our experience of something. And so when you sit at home, well, let's start with the the other side. When you go to church, all of your senses are engaged in the corporate worship service that you're a part of. Your sight, you're ideally not distracted, you're seeing things. You're smelling, you know, subconsciously, hopefully you're not smelling too much <laughs> overtly, but subconsciously you're, you're smelling the people around you, the smells of the church. You're physically smelling and tasting the sacraments when you're there. You're, you're the energy in the room. I don't mean that in a woo woo way, but you know, there's physical energy coming off of other people all of the time, as well as spiritual and emotional energy of being together. So all of these things are part of corporate worship, not just hearing a sermon and hearing some songs. 
And he says, we are so holistic that we should be experiencing things with all of our senses. So, so listening to music on in headphones is a very different experience than going to a concert. And you, who are a big concert person, know this very well. It's a very different experience to hear your favorite artist or an orchestra in person, even if the music sounds just the same. It's a completely different experience because all of your senses are engaged. And he says, if you're sitting on the couch and you're finishing your breakfast and you're petting your cat, which I think that's the part that struck me because for (laughs) sure, I have spent a lot of online worship petting cats and... He said, your your brain is literally being asked to split what should be a holistic experience of the senses because you, all of your different senses are telling are sending you different messages about what you're doing and what you should be prioritizing. And it, it just felt like a live not by lies for for worship thing. I have two. Yes, I totally agree with you. I was having a conversation with um, a gal who doesn't go to our church, who we've been um, spending a lot of time with her and her family on on various things throughout the week. Um, you know, as I, and I mentioned, I was like, "Well, you guys go to go to church, right?" And she's like, "Yeah, we do. We we go to this church." And she's like, "But we've been struggling to get back into the habit since." Uh, covid shutdowns and so we've just been watching online church but it's just not the same we need to st- i really need to start going back and i'm like well yeah totally i mean it's not the same because you're not in person in the flesh in body because all of the here the weird thing about everything you mentioned that could be argued is that virtual reality will will eventually get to the point where it could cover all of the senses yes in a virtual world I still so the, I think he he touches on that. By the way, I found the book. His name is A. Trevor Sutton, and the book is a cool green book. And his co-author is Brian Smith, M.D. So not a Ph.D. M.D. And I think I think they're attempting to to process how do we how do we think through these things because. The other live not by lies for the body that I've been thinking about this week is my monthly Canavox meeting. We talked about pornography and pornography is very much a trying to convince your your brain that it's getting a holistic, a wholesome meal, that it's doing something good, but it's a cheap imitation of the of the real thing. It's no more eating a satisfying meal than looking at pictures of somebody else's food on Pinterest is a satisfying meal. And interestingly... It's a good analogy. So oh, it, it's, there's actually some really interesting brain science in pornography. I didn't intend to talk about pornography today. Well, I had one more point I wanted are. to make. Okay, you make your point, and the then church, I'll talk about porn. The church services. Um, I, I feel like to some extent, they're over-complicating or over-explaining something pretty straightforward. You know, Hebrews tells us, don't forsake the assembling together of the brethren. I mean, yeah, they didn't have virtual online ability back in the day, but it's pretty weak. Arg- I think it's a pretty weak argument given the examples through history or through scripture, the Old Testament assemblies, the communing between God and man in the garden, all the way through New Testament, you know, worship services and sacraments, you can't make that argument. And it's just as simple as that. (laughs) Like, don't meet together in person. You're supposed to. Living out the... And that's a more holistic view of the Christian life is living out your Christianity, a very live not by lasting, in those communities, those communities of like-minded believers. Mm -hmm. And you're not forsaking that. No, it doesn't have to be at your building at Sunday at 10 a.m. It could be at your home at 4 p.m. or something. You know, I mean, but don't throw it out the window. Right. I think, though, I I mean, I don't... In some ways, I agree. It is... People are overcomplicating it. On the other hand, I appreciate this article in particular 
building the case. Oh, you have to, you have to, the other point I'm make that you have to almost overcomplicate it in today's culture. Well, they just don't even, they don't even think about it. People don't think that deep anymore. Well, and so much, so much of on, of, of our lives is lived online. Zoom meetings Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, how many, how many hours do we spend scrolling? Our entertainment is online. Our bill relationships online. are online. Our bill paying is yeah. online. The virtual our shopping world is online. Our yeah, literally are so much of what we do is online that that is the, so another article that I read was about boys and gaming and the the author was throwing up a warning flag saying, that some of the habits of mind created by gaming feed into priming young men for pornography addiction. And it's not a it's not a one-to-one correlation, but for young men, the the if they tend to be a little bit socially awkward, there's this safety in being behind a screen and you can feel confident and you can have camaraderie and you can develop this whole persona and the difference between your online persona and your in-face persona just the gap gets wider and wider the more of an online persona you develop because you come out into real life and people don't act the same and people don't see you the same way as you see yourself and people you know there's this script in a sense in video games and People are unpredictable and people are weird and hard in real life. And then you start thinking about interacting with girls and you throw in all of Me Too culture and girls think that they should be acting like men sexually and want to be in control of things and they want to do hookup culture and all these things. And then they're accusing guys of rape and Me Too. And guys are like, I literally, I don't know if I should open the door for this girl. I don't know if I can ask a girl out if she's going to say yes or if she's going to slap me in the face. Like, guys, it's dating for college men these days is such a minefield. I mean, okay, so... Literally, they have no idea if they're going to get slapped in the face or thanked for opening a door for a woman. I have a couple different thoughts, but we're on a different topic now about the church thing and virtual reality, but we can do that later. I just, I'm laughing. I'm thinking back to all of the times with a girlfriend where, uh, you know, you subtly make moves and end up making out or whatever it looks like. You can't do that now. No. You can't do that now. It's, it, it is takes so, all the fun out of dating. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> if, if you can't do that and you have no, literally, you have no idea if you're going to be accused of rape and get kicked out of school. Right. Or what. I'm going to go back to my video games and then it just gets de- the deeper just and deeper. Gets fi- so the, wider, the social wider. awkwardness and things, which then re so there's, and there's this sense in which they like who they are better and they feel more true to who they are in their online persona than they're emerging from the basement and face to face with people. So the online becomes more real than the real world. What you're are you, it's kind of what you're talking about building macroly. So even talking about your comment, the analogy of being satisfied by images of food on Pinterest is nowhere near as satisfying as real food. Um Oh, I lost my train of thought. Okay, oh, it was so one of the, this, it was one of the I few have, if in, like few like Brilliant things, things I think well, I ever come so up with on this here's, show. Here's an actual chemical thing. So Mark Schatzker in The End of Craving talks about how they measure dopamine levels in obese people. And dopamine is the is the craving hormone in our bodies. And when they when a when a when somebody that they were measuring starts thinking about potato chips, their dopamine spikes, the anticipation, and then it drives the craving. Well, dopamine also drives um, addiction to things like cocaine. Or remember, but dopamine also drives addiction to pornography. The interesting thing is, Shasker doesn't talk about chemicals. Well, that I've gotten to so far in the end of craving, he does talk about what what chemical hormone release we get when we eat a satisfying meal, but. 
Oh, I, I'm going to send you the link to this article. I wish I had. Well, you've got to send me three links. You guys, all the stuff we mentioned in the show that we feel is relevant and worth your time, we'll put in the show notes and the links. Okay, so. So, no, no, no. I got to finish this. So, when you, when somebody who is watching pornography masturbates, they get a physical sense of sensation of pleasure, but they do not get the chemical release that gives a sense of satisfaction. No, that's the truth. Well, it, this is actually a chemical hard But I'm saying experientially fact. it's the truth. Yeah. So so <laughs> I I can't remember what chemical floods your brain with satisfaction, but um It's the best chemical ever. <laughs> Let's replicate that one and hand it out as a vaccine. <laughs> Uh, Sorry, well, no, no, bad see, joke. See, that's the thing. Bad joke. That's Too the soon. thing that Shatsker's saying is you can't trick your body. You have to actually, uh, with all of your senses, enjoy something that is good for you. And that you can't trick your body into doing this for you. So what, right, with the thought that I forgot, going all the way back to um, to your analogy with Pinterest and food, and even church services, um, you're 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 talking about setting up habits and training yourself to enjoy the real and the good mm-hmm. and not substitute fake or anything else. But that takes an element of discipline, though. It takes an element of discipline to be like, OK, I'm I want this, but I, I, I it's not going to be good for me. And like I, when I sit slouched at my computer, I'm like, I should go do some push ups and then I just don't. Well, yeah, it's, yeah. I guess, but there's times like I'm, I'm like I'll be looking around the cabinet, going, "Oh man!" At night before bed, oh, I just I want. I open up my first thing is I walk into the kitchen and open the liquor cabinet, and I'm like, "See, I, I, yeah, I should stop drinking as much. It's just not as fulfilling." So I shut it and I go for some tea, and that works. I really enjoy that, but it's like for church, you know, you're setting up, you're you're fostering. And giving and, and developing your taste for enjoying the real thing mm-hmm. with sex, whether you're having it or not, you're not using you're not having it as an excuse to go out and find whatever. you can. Well, just because I don't have McDonald's, I'm going to go look at pictures of McDonald's. Mm. You know, that doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, we do it all the time with things like, well, just because I can't have a Nissan a GTR, a Porsche 996, I'm going to go look at pictures on the Internet. You know, it's like... Uh, you know, we kind of do this, but the point I'm trying to make is, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to develop in your, because it's the right thing. It's the true thing. And your body knows it. Your soul knows it. Your everything, your whole body knows it. You're setting up habits and developing and, and creating those methods. So you, in effect, it's like asking God not to change what I do, change what I want, mm-hmm. change my desires, change the core thing like for what I desire. quote. There's either an Augustine or a Calvin quote about our desires. Mm-hmm. I'm sure both of them have them. Both no, of them have written so much. They have written a lot. Uh, yes. We're almost at an hour, babe. Yeah, I know. I was just going to wrap that up with at dinner tonight. We had salmon, and our kids' favorite salmon preparation is putting mayonnaise over the top of it, which sounds weird, but they call it frosting. And then we buy this seasoning at Costco that's like mesquite it's a mccormick seasoning blend it's like mesquite barbecue or something and we just sprinkle that on top of the mayonnaise and the the fats in the mayo lock in the the moisture in the salmon and they eat crazy amounts of salmon and then i sauteed green beans i caramelized an onion and then i sauteed green beans in more butter and the caramelized onions and what was funny is we, why would somehow somebody said how many kids, oh, the Titus was ta- talking about making the cookie and the kids get the cookie. And Elise goes, well, mom and dad are kids. And <laughs> we were like, no, I mean, and she's like, well, you're Grammy and Grampy and grandpa and grandma's kids. Yes, we are. And she's like, but, and then I think, was it Lily who was like, but they don't sit around telling you guys to eat your vegetables still. And I was like, that's because they did their job well enough when we were your age. They don't have to tell us anymore because look at us. We not only are eating our vegetables, we love eating our vegetables. They didn't just, going back to Robert for our Capen, they didn't just develop in us this 
knowledge of what's good for us in nutrition, they developed in us taste. And when you eat well-prepared green beans, even the three-year-old sitting next to me is gobbling them up because she finds them genuinely delicious. Yeah. And that's, that goes, anyway, to tie you up with, we're also trying to develop the taste of what's good in terms of relationships and in terms of church going. That's exactly and, what I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so all, all of the habits that we're trying to train our children up in, we're doing that because not just because that's what's good for them, but because in God's good and beautiful providence, he designed the world so that what is good for us is also delightful and delicious and satisfying. Yes. That's a great note to end on. Um, if anything we mentioned in the show that we think is relevant to what we talked about, not everything, but most things will include in the show notes. And, um, if you'd like to send us a message, uh, you can do so on our website, www.toobusytoflush.com. You can use the little send a postcard option if you scroll down. And if you'd really like to jump in and join the conversation, uh, and enjoy in other conversations because conversations go all over the place. You can join our Telegram group. We've got a group on the app Telegram, and I will include a link to. It's a private group uh, with a public. I mean, anybody has a link can get it, but it's not. You can't just search for it and get random spammers. Um, I'll include the link in the show notes as well, the invitation link, so you can do that. While you're on our website, go to the Swag Shack, buy yourself a new hoodie, live in truth or a t-shirt, or something else that's really cool. I designed the graphic. I like it. It's my favorite hoodie that I spilled diesel all over, and I don't think it'll ever come out. So, it's my new favorite work hoodie. Um, other than that, uh, my drink is gone, and I'm going to go sit down and edit this show, throw it up online. Babe, what do you got planned? Uh, it is 7.56. I'm going to go put kids to bed. Bedtime. Bedtime. You guys, we didn't even talk about it tonight. Next week... The kids moved rooms. Right. All right. I'm JR. I'm Molly. And we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>